Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. It really wasn't to my liking, but I did respect his hustle. I did respect his grind. That's why I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put him on the billboards and use his beat on top of the, the video for the billboards to give him that promotion. This is the plaintiff, Richard Borges Jr. He says he designed four logo billboards for the defendant. The guy used them without paying, and he's here seeking every penny of the 100 bucks he's owed for his good work. This is the defendant, Anthony Lewis. He says he tried to help the guy, but his designs were not up to par, to say the least. The plaintiff has been harassing him mercilessly, and he hopes the judge will put an end to this nonsense once and for all. He's accused of piracy. All parties, please raise your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum. The People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. All right, Mr. Borges, you are suing Mr. Lewis and No More Error Films for $100 that you were promised in order to do some graphic work for him. What happened? So he reached out to me uh, the first time because he needed a beat. And um, I sent him the beat, and he paid for it $40. Tell me what a beat came is. Back. Tell me what a beat is. I know what a beat is, but tell me what a beat is. An instrumental I made in a digital audio workstation. And then he wanted it, and he bought it from you for 40 bucks, and... Uh... Yes. Then he reached out to me again and asked me for billboard designs that he was going to put around Atlanta. And so I made the, the four billboard designs. I sent it to him. He used it in a music video uh, without paying for them. And I sent him a PayPal invoice on December 4th. Okay. And he hasn't paid them. All right, but hold on. So what you sent him was what? The full resolution pictures? Or you sent it no, to him I for approval? Them, I sent it to him for approval and low resolution. Okay. And then did he approve them? Yeah. How did he approve them? By text? Yeah, by text. He would say, I like them or take this out, put this in. All right. So when you take something out, he gave you instructions. Did you do whatever was in the instructions? Yeah, I did everything. Okay, and then you, you do his corrections. You send it to him again then with the corrections? Yeah. And you're waiting for him to approve it, I guess, so he pays you because he hasn't paid you. He's paid you zero yeah. at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's why you got to mm-hmm. collect some money up front. And so he's paid you zero, and you send him in low resolution, and he does what with it? He takes them and then uses it in a music video and doesn't pay. But him. how does he use them in a music video? Like, I don't understand. Are they uh, on a billboard or they're not on a billboard? Yeah, they're on, they're on a billboard. And then what happens? You, you get the music video he sends you. And what do you say to him? I told him to pay me uh, and, the, the PayPal invoice. And he said he would do it. And he just didn't do it. And I kept 
telling him every couple of weeks to, to pay me. He just didn't. What's the problem, Mr. Said, Lewis? Yes, how you doing? Um, basically, I met him through a mutual party. Um, a friend of ours, I purchased a beat from him starting out. Then I reached out to him to get billboard designs. Um, the only reason why I did not pay for the billboard designs, because it really wasn't to my liking, but I did respect his hustle. I did respect his grind. That's why I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put him on the billboards and use his beat on top of the, the video for the billboards to give him that promotion. But it just wasn't all the way to my liking, and I didn't want to discourage him. Well, you know what's so, not to Mr. Borges's liking? A big-time, no. big-shot CEO who can't pay a 17-year-old kid the 100 bucks he told him he would pay him, particularly when you just admitted to me that you put them on a billboard. So I guess they weren't that much not to your liking since you liked him enough to use them exactly for what you hired him for. So why shouldn't you have to pay him the $100? It wasn't to my liking, but that was just a practice when we actually going to do even more billboards and bigger billboards around the city. I don't think you are. Cities. If you don't pay people what you owe them when they work for you, I don't think you're going to do jack. Well, you, that's your opinion. Man. That's my opinion. I but I got to tell you, there's only one opinion that counts in this courtroom. And you think it's going to be yours that you decide to hire a guy for 100 measly bucks, not a million, not 500,000. But then then you tell me why I didn't pay him because it wasn't to my liking. But you're a liar because you used them exactly for what it was intended. You put them on the billboards. That's how much he didn't like him. Plastered them all over the city. Let me say this. I'm not mad at him for taking me to court for a hundred dollars. It's a hundred dollars. Oh, that's okay, so I'm... big of you. That's yeah, really yeah, not... big of you. <laughs> not to I'm be not... mad at him that he had to take you to court for a hundred dollars. That's funny. Mr. Yeah. Borges, maybe you are mad at Mr. Lewis for being forced to take him to court for a hundred dollars. Would that be a yeah. fair statement? Yeah. It's in the entertainment business, um, I'm a small fish in a big pond. I'll but... say. Um, I, yeah, 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 it's your opinion. Um, but I, but I also can say is like, it's 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 a hustle, you know. Like, what does that mean? So know, it's okay for you to steal? I'm not saying it's okay for me to steal, but you know, in this industry or whatever. Um, What'd you promise him a hundred bucks you, for if you didn't intend to pay him ever? Like, really, if he wanted, I could pay him right now. Pay him right now. Me. Pay him right now and show me the Venmo after you paid him. All right. All right, that's cool. No, I'm waiting. No, no, I want it. Did you pay him? No, I got cash on me right now. Uh, well, that's nice. That's even worse. He's got cash on him and he won't pay the 17-year-old for the work he did for him. No, cash app him. On PayPal, oh. that's where I... Do it on PayPal. Good. Mm, no, nah, I ain't going to do that. That's right. You took right. me to court. Let's, 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 let's right. make it a movie. That's let's make it a show. Right. That's right. So, Mr. Yeah. Borges, what did we learn? That Anthony's being a clown and he should pay me my $100. I worked hard. And he's going to scam me out of my own money. Like, that's... Right. And that's, what else have we true. learned? That maybe we shouldn't mm-hmm. hand somebody anything until we've been paid at least part of it. And what else did we learn? That nobody should do business with Mr. Lewis and no more error films because he makes errors on a daily basis. So Mr. Lewis is not someone to do business with because he'll tell you he'll pay you. He won't. And then he'll think it's funny afterwards. Mr. Lewis, you're going to pay him the $100. You're also going to pay him his court costs. He's also going to pay you prejudgment statutory interest in your state of New Jersey on that money. That is my verdict. Good luck, folks. Thank you, Your Honor. 
So the plaintiff is going to get at least $140. Mr. Lewis, this did not make you look too well. You know the big problem for you here? Anybody who sees this is not going to want to work with you until you give them money up front, probably. Probably Realize so, that? but all promotion, all promotion is good promotion. So... All right. Good luck to you. We probably won't ever see you again. You know, that may be the outcome here. All right, Mr. Borges, what have you learned from this? What what have you learned? I learned, learned uh, now to uh, expect, uh, what's it called, to charge my clients 50% of the commission up front before I do any work. And that way I, you know, get some money. And, you know, from there I keep on working and at the end get the full payment. Good for you. That's if I stick to it and you'll do all right. Congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, Harvey, what do you think? So, Doug, the issue here is whether the logos were good enough. The fact that the defendant used them pretty much kills his case when he says they weren't good enough, because if they weren't, why'd he put them up? I loaned a friend $6,000 for a vehicle purchase in February. Since then, our relationship has ended. The vehicle's in his name, but he hasn't given me anything towards repayment. Oh, and how do I get a promissory note in place? <laughs> I never have had a friend shower six grand on me. Have you? No. no. Okay. The Certainly car, not somebody I was dating. The car is in his name. Uh, not yours, not uh, yours and his, so that you have collateral. That's mistake number two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you want to know now how to get a promissory note? Mistake number three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the cart before the horse. The yeah. promissory note should have come first. Yeah. Um, that ship has sailed. Yes. It's too late. To so if I were you and I had no promissory note, I would try to create some kind of written record as proof that right. that wasn't a gift. Right. Because that's going to be the defense. Well, she may already have that in a text Maybe message. Maybe she does. And email. if she doesn't, she better get some now. Right. Like just send a friendly text saying, I know, you know, uh, we didn't have a date by which you had to pay, but I really would like you to pay be, that $6,000. Really, really sweet in the text. Can we yeah, do a payment a little, plan? A payment do you need plan, a little, little more bigger. time? Yeah. So that he says something that shows that it's a loan, because right. otherwise you're dead when you right. go to court. Once it's titled in somebody else's name, it's their property, and that's it. And, and this is the the classic foundation of a girlfriend boyfriend loan gift yes. scenario which right. you have been sorting out quite a bit for 20 20 plus 30 years, years right? actually 27 right. 28 years right right don't you wish they just wouldn't go there in the first place yeah on the front end angie has made it easier than ever to hire high quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is the plaintiff, Charles Avishan. He says... He hired the defendant to build him a gazebo in his backyard. And the lying louse told him he would get the construction permit. Then, halfway through the bill, he received a stop construction violation nailed to his door because the defendant never applied for the permit. He's suing for $3,000, the amount he's now out. This is the defendant, Charles Rhinell. He says he started building the gazebo. Then the town told the plaintiff he needed to apply for a permit. 
The stubborn guy refused and now wants a refund for all the hard work he did? No way. He's accused of being unpermitted. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $2,000 for unpaid work. All parties, please raise your right hands. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Avetian, you are suing Mr. Reynolds' home repair business for $3,000 that you say you need to be reimbursed because he lied to you and you are counterclaiming for the rest of the job. Tell me what happened, Mr. Avetian. So we had a, uh, an agreement by contract and he was enthusiastic about wanting to start to work. He and what was the work done, going to be? A wooden gazebo over my existing deck. All right. How did you find Mr. Reinold to hire him? It was on a uh, handyman website. Okay. County. So you hire him to do what? Put in a new gazebo, replace an existing gazebo? What was happening? I had a metal frame existing gazebo with vinyl. Uh-huh. And it, so I right. wanted a more permanent wooden one. Okay. So you hire him to do that, and you enter into a contract with him. It says, sold to Charles Boatslip. Mr. Reinald, will you tell me what that means? I don't know what that is, Your Honor. My contract doesn't have nothing to say. It doesn't say Boatslips. Can I see your copy of the contract? Oh, yeah. oh. It does? Who's telling you oh, it I'm does? Sorry. That's all right. Who's telling you my, it My wife. Okay. I didn't know it did, actually. Okay, but does this look like your handwriting and the contract? Yes. Okay, so it says build an addition on back deck to cover existing gazebo for privacy. Okay. Yes. Now, go on, Mr. Avetian. What what goes wrong? So he was enthusiastic about wanting to do the job, and he said he was, this is a quote, licensed and bonded. It's a quote? He He told you he was licensed and bonded? Yes, that's a quote. Okay, well, I'm looking at the contract, and not only no. does it not say licensed no. and bonded, it doesn't even have his name imprinted on the contract. It doesn't even have your full name. It's kind of the kind of blanks that you can get at an office depot. Um, so there's no license number. There's no insurance number. So according to you, he said, I am licensed and bonded, Right. He told me, correct. Okay. And then what happens? So he only accepted cash. So I gave him $1,000 cash to be able to get the material. The material listed that he has for 800 some dollars, it was actually $604.39, which I wrote on pencil underneath. So that was incorrect. It was almost $300 off. And he said his truck was in the shop getting repaired. It turns out he never had a truck. He would show up at my house. I don't know if he walked or took a bus. Then I offered to take him back to his home. He would leave at noon and not come back. And then a lot of times he didn't even have the tools. He was using my tools. So I would drive him home in, in hopes that, you know, he wouldn't just leave the site and would come back to finish the work in the afternoon. But he, he would never stay the complete day. So then what goes wrong? Well, then I, I get a notice, a uh, red sticker on my door from the township saying there was no permit. The 30th of March, you get a red sticker on the door and it says, what are you doing? You need a permit to do construction. And what do you say? Well, I approached him and I said, what is, you told me you had a permit, you were licensed and insured. And oh, he, wait, wait, back up. So he told you he got a permit? He said he had a permit, yes. Okay. And, I, and, every, and I would ask him, you know, where's the permit? Oh, I got to go pick it up. I don't have my truck. He, he wasn't able to go to get it to, to show the permit. Okay. And this is where we're at. So let me hear from you, Mr. Reinald. Your Honor, I apologize, but everything he said is not true at all. First of all, me and my wife sat down with him and his wife 
he knew from the door. I don't lie to my customers. I he they knew I did not. I have insurance, but I'm not licensed. They knew that. Number two, it is not my my job. I don't get the permits. The customer. The homeowner is the one that has to get the permits. I told him this. He knew that. They also knew that, well, we agreed that because he lives on the back street, right on the bay, it was actually Mr. Charles's decision to let me do it because it was kind of out of sight. At the same time- Meaning he wouldn't get caught? Is that, yes, to be honest, yes. They have restraining orders on a couple of their neighbors. One neighbor in particular, Every single day, several times a day, they have restraining orders on each other. His wife would come out on the back deck and start insulting, yelling at the neighbor. And I kept telling her every day, several times a day, what are you doing? We all know I'm doing this on a, on a down low. Why are you yelling at the neighbor knowing she has a restraining order? What are you doing? I said, Charles, please ask your wife to be quiet. Let's keep this on a down low. The same neighbor that called code enforcement. How do you know that's the neighbor who called code enforcement? It's a good working theory, I got to tell you, but how do you know? I apologize. I'm I'm assuming. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. That's the one. All right. No, for sure. So have Um, you, uh, you can't, if you're not licensed, you can't get a a permit, right? No, no, ma'am. Right. And he knew, no, I cannot. So according to you, he actually knew darn well that he needed a permit and he was trying to do it on the down low so he wouldn't have to go through the expense, time and trouble of a permit. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Do you have any pictures of how finished the job was? Yes, I did submit them. Um, Okay. So, Mr. Avatian, the homeowner can always get a permit. You say to me, well, that was his job because he was licensed and bonded, despite the fact that you found him on a handyman website. When I look at the contract, there's nothing that says licensed and bonded. Your last name isn't even on it. There's not one whit of language that says that he is getting a permit. Um, usually that's in there and there's a charge for that because the permits cost money, as you know. And so he would have that as a line item and, and he has the thing specifically line item and nowhere there is there anything about a permit. And then he tells me that you guys actually discussed that and you were hoping to go into the down low, which is something people do. So, uh, let me ask you a question. Once there's a stop order, Things can progress if you just go and apply for the permit as the homeowner. You don't need to be a contractor when you're the homeowner. So why didn't you just go down there and, and get a, pull a permit for the job that you know darn well needed a permit? Well, I did. I went, went to City Hall, and they told me they wanted to speak to Mr. Randell. And? And I, 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 they told me he never had a permit. Yeah, I know. We all know he didn't have a permit. Right. We all know that. I think you're one of the people who know that. But what I'd like to know from you is that's why there's a stop order. But there's a way around a stop order, and that is to do what the city or the county wants you to do. You have to go in there, then you have to apply for the permit, get it, and then the work can continue. So why didn't you do that? Well, they, they didn't want they wanted to talk to him. And so you and did what? Did you give him his number? What would you do? Yeah, I gave it to Mr. Randell. I told him they wanted to meet with you down at City Hall, and he didn't want to go. No, nobody contacted me. Right. When you pull an owner permit, they don't need to know who your handyman is. Um, no, ma'am, they don't. Right. So I don't, I don't see how that can be. But um, tell me about the kayak. You're suing for $350. What happened to the kayak that you're suing for $350? 
You can see in the picture, it has several knife slits on it. So, according to you, he did this when? Sometime when he got pissed off, I presume. Well, that picture shoot? That picture what? That shows where he mixed cement on the deck there. He was mixing the cement on the deck. Or Is this something you spilled, Mr. Rhino? Ma'am, no, not at all. What is this a picture of, Mr. Avetian? What is this a picture of? So this is uh, the sides. When you step down off the deck, there's a landing. And this is the white trim on the side of the landing that he kicked with his boot. Okay, how do you know the things you say? Like, he kicked this with his boot. He mixed that over there. He cut the kayak. Did you see him do any of these things? Well, it was there when I brought him over in the morning. Everything was fine. And then when he left, it, were all, it was all damaged. Okay, well, when you say when he left, it was all damaged, you did not notice something on the day he left because the police were there with him when he went to get his tools. And when the police accompanied to get him tool, to, for him to get his tools, it was how many days after he told you don't come back because there's a stop order. How many days later did you go over there and get your tools? Three or four days, I okay. believe it was. And when you go over like there that. three or four days later, you have the police with you, correct? Yes, ma'am. So Mr. did you Honor. ever then, Mr. Avitian, tell the police three or four days later that on the day he came, it was fine, and on the day he left, everything was broken, ripped, and sabotaged? Did you ever tell the police that? Yeah, I filed a report about... No, not threat. later, after you guys get into this. I mean on the day that the police accompany him. Do you tell the police, look at everything he destroyed? I believe I did. Yeah, it was. Okay, let me see the police report that you filed on the day that he went up to pick his tools. I filed a police report here. I have on my calendar. What day? April 12th, 21. Right. When was the day that you went with the police to pick up your tools? That was 10 days later, right? Yeah, it was a Friday afternoon. Yeah, Yeah. so the date of the incident is 4-2 and the date of your report is 4-12. So I guess that's not on that same day. So then how do you know it was him? Well, he was the only one that had access to the deck. That's not proof that someone else owes you $3,000. It's not. And I'll be honest with you. I find what he is saying infinitely more believable than what you are saying. That you own a home on the water with a beautiful dock and that you don't know gazebos need to be permitted. You hired somebody off a handyman site, and then you're assuming he's licensed, insured, and bonded, but you haven't seen anything to indicate he's licensed, insured, and bonded. I'm not stupid. I know how this went down. It's an easy solution to this. All you've got to do is pull an owner permit and then let the man finish his job, but your strategy is, no, give me back every penny, even though most of the structure's already built. No, I'm not going to make him return your money. And you have zero proof that he did anything to your kayak or to your umbrella stand. Now, on your counterclaim against him... Mr. Rhino, you did not have to go back and complete it, right? If he hadn't sued you, you would have just let this go, wouldn't you? Honestly, yes. Okay, so what work was left to do, Mr. Rhino? Just about one, two, three, four, about five pieces of plywood put up, and that was it. And what about painting it? He said he, he, they did not want it painted. What they about? Want, he just wanted. Was, any, was there any other material that was going to be stretched over it? No. They kept switching every day. One minute they wanted a window put in. The next day they said no. The next day they said yes. Next day they said no. This whole thing was because they hate their neighbors. They wanted to be able to go on the deck without their neighbors watching them. But how are there, but their neighbors me, aren't above them. Was this going to be like enclosed? I know. Yes. Oh, so there was going to be like a site. When you say the plywood's missing, it wasn't really going to be a gazebo. It was going to be an enclosed structure? No. 
Yes, yes. What's going on right now, Mr. Avitian? What happened with the structure? Like, what's going well, the on? The problem is he didn't go according to zoning. It had to be four feet from the center of the bulkhead. On the, yeah, that's why you get somebody was. licensed and insured, and that's why you pull a permit. But well, can you prove I, what I, you just said? Because you didn't even say that in your complaint. Can you prove what I'm you just I, said? Me? Yeah, you. You're the plaintiff. You're coming to court. You're asking me to order a man to pay you three grand. You have the burden of proof for your case. Yeah, this, you just finished saying he built it uh, in a way that I've got to take it down because it's four feet too close to what it, you just said that. Can you prove right. what you just said? Do you have anything from building and zoning that says that? I, I have. Yeah, I have to. I have it. No, I, I mean, now. Because this is, let me introduce you to me. I'm the person in the black dress about to make a ruling. So if you have anything you have not shared with us, I'd like to see it now and take a look at it. Well, uh, I also have a copy of the receipt that he paid. It was $604.39. Okay, the word also was my first red flag that you wouldn't be answering my question. So you cannot prove the last thing you said, which is, oh, this has to be torn down because it's too close to the water. You have no evidence of that. I'm looking forward to tell you I have nope. it. I just no, we're done. All right. As for your lawsuit against Mr. Reinald for three thousand dollars, I find that you have failed to prove your case, and I'm finding in favor of Mr. Reinald. Mr. Reinald, as for your counterclaim against him for the two thousand dollars, if it was good enough for you, it's kind of good enough for me too. There was still work that needed to be done that wasn't completed, and you got to not have to do that. So we're just going to call that a wash. That's my verdict. Good luck, folks. Thank you, Your Honor. Well, we've come to a zero-zero tie in this case. The plaintiff did not get $3,000. The defendant did not get $2,000. Neither one of them are probably happy. Mr. Avital, you heard the judge. You could have gone down and get the permit yourself. I mean, you, but you didn't do that. You could have. It's it just one didn't work for piece you. piece of paper that shows the zoning outline of the property. I didn't, you know, I gave it to the new contractor so he would have it. I didn't know I would need it for court. I'm sure I could forward a copy. You, you know, need but, evidence to prevail in court. You really need evidence to show the judge, and that was your big problem here. I mean, I'm sorry for you, but you lost the case. The judge found against you. She also found against you, yeah. Mr. Rennell. You, you're not getting the $2,000 you were seeking. Uh, how do you feel about it? Maybe You said you were going to wash yes, your hands yes. of this anyway. I guess you're okay. Yeah. Be, be, uh, you're okay with it? I'm, I'm fine. I'm happy. I'm happy. I mean, honestly, this guy's missing a couple of chips out of a full bag. So I'm happy. He's a headache. He's a headache. So I'm happy. I don't care. <laughs> All right. Well, good enough. Thank you very much, gentlemen. You're you're both losers today. I'm sorry about it, but that's the way it works out. No, I'm still winning. Right, Harvey, how do you feel about this? What are you thinking? You know, Doug, it is a common problem when a homeowner hires a contractor to do work. Um, you got to lay out who is responsible for what. And that means you need a punch list and you need to know exactly what has to be done with the job. And then you assign responsibility and you make it clear that the builder or the homeowner is responsible for the various items. And that way there's not gonna be a problem like this down the line. Do you have a favorite holiday? And if so, what are some of the traditions of your favorite holiday? Well, I mean, my favorite holiday is Nochebuena, which is the 24th 
of December. Noche buena. Noche buena, of course. Uh-huh. Or as your mother used to lovingly call it, when's chonchibona? Yes, yeah, she, she never could quite get it right. I know, quite get but, it. but she uh, loved it. She did love it. And uh, so we normally celebrate Hispanics. We'll celebrate on the 24th, really. And when Christmas I was a Eve, kid, right. right, Christmas Eve, and when I was a kid, we used to wait until midnight Back when my parents had energy, uh, we would wait until midnight, and that's when we'd start opening gifts, and we'd finish at four in the morning, so it was a big to-do. And then we would always get to celebrate on the 25th also. So Of course, turron. Turron. My mother would insist on turron, which is this awful-tasting candy that she, it's a tradition in Spain, so she likes it. And then the next day, it was kind of a more traditional Christmas dinner at... The other grand at the Americans' house. house. Right, so we do right. the Cubans on the 24th and right. the Americans on the 25th right. all of our lives. I, I got to say, that's probably my favorite holiday as well. But I got to put in a special plug for Dingus Day, <laughs> which, you know, I mean, being from Buffalo originally, it's a big holiday there. Dingus Day is Easter Monday. Easter Monday. After Easter. And you know, they celebrate in, in areas of the country where they have large, large Polish communities. Uh, and I'm half Polish. Uh, and it's kind of a, a, a celebration of the end of Lent. Uh, and, and the Lenten restrictions. Right, right. The Lenten restrictions, you can let loose again. Let loose and, by doing what? Well, what they do is you, the, the men kind of court the women and the women court the men by, well, the men would like throw water on women and, and strike their legs with pussy willow branches. <laughs> because what woman can resist <laughs> that type of technique? I mean, right? So, uh, yeah. Every Monday after Easter, you just look at me and say, looks like really good dingus day weather. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Just to get a laugh out of you. And it worked every time. Every Monday it works. This is the plaintiff, Jermon Henderson. He says the defendant crashed into his car, denting it. He refuses to pay him for the damages he caused, and he works hard for his money. So he's suing for the $1,000 he's owed. This is the defendant, Juan Figueroa III. He says he was on a one-lane road and the impatient plaintiff passed him illegally on the right and clipped the side of his car. He had no damage and he did nothing wrong. The insurance companies agreed and he owes this hurried guy nothing. He's accused of smashing his way into a lawsuit. All parties. Please raise your right hands. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Henderson, you're suing Mr. Figueroa for $1,000, 640 of it for damages to your car, and the rest to punish him in punitive damages because, according to you, an accident happened that was his fault. Tell me why the accident happened. Yes. Um, I'm an Uber slash Lyft driver, and I was dropping a passenger off. And as I came around the corner, I saw the defendant pull it back and out of his driveway. Okay, so you're and in so, a residential area. Yes, that's correct. And how many area. lanes each way? Well, it's just a just a, reg- a regular street. There's no meaning. Lanes there's no there's no stripes or anything anywhere. There's nothing on the correct. Okay, so go on. So he pulled out, and I'm in back of him, and we're coming down the street, and I can see his right hand flaring in the air like he's talking with his hand to this passenger, mm-hmm. and so I'm just riding. And all of a sudden, the car, I can see the brake lights come on, and the car slightly veers to the left like it's stopping. Okay. And so when the brake lights came on, I went around him to the right side of him because he was not moving. So when I was passing him, he just hit the, hit the gas and just gunned it and And, and what happened me. as a result? As a result, he stopped in front of me, and I stopped. 
because I almost hit the curb when he did that. The action, my reaction was to get away from him because he was very close to my car. So I didn't have that much room. So I almost hit the curb. And so when he went in front of me, he stopped abruptly. And so I had two thoughts in my I'm like, um, that doesn't usually happen. I don't get ran off the road every day. And if somebody runs somebody off the road, that's usually a sign of violence, road rage. But we, don't, we haven't spoken, so there should be no road rage. So there has to be a problem. So I had a pastor in the car. I was a, a teenager at the time. And I told him, just, are you okay? He said, I'm okay, because all we did was stop abruptly. And so I got out the car because he was blocking me. So I got the car. I looked. I said, is everything okay? And he looked at me. And, and he had a disgruntled face. And I, like he had faces red. And he was talking very fast. I said, you okay? Why would you do that? You can't run me off the road like that. And he said something about um, just arguing back and forth. Like, I can do what I want. You were, you were too close to my car. And I said, you know what? I'm already in the middle of working right now. I don't have time for this, but you can't do that to regular people. It could have been somebody else. It would have been a big problem. So I'm just leaving. So he said, whatever. I got in my vehicle. He sped off, hit the corner, and, and sped off through traffic. I back. I got back in my vehicle, dropped my passenger off. I didn't get a chance to inspect my vehicle because I had a, neck, a call right when I dropped that passenger off. So I, I went and collected someone else. And so while that person was in the, in the restaurant where I dropped them off at, I'm inspecting my vehicle, and I see – it was a paint transfer from his car to my car on my my back left fender of my driver's side of my car. And so I didn't know exactly where the paint transfer came from on his car, but I knew it was his car. Is this my, a picture my, of the uh, damage? Tire. Yes, that's it. And you didn't feel that when it happened? Like you knew there was damage? No, because I was avoiding, all I saw was the front of his car. I didn't even feel that on the back of my car. I, was, I automatically took a picture of his whole right side because I wasn't sure what part of the car transferred to hit my car. But he verified that when I, when I met him at his house, he verified which part hit the car. Yeah, because he felt the hit. So let me talk to you, Mr. Figueroa. What happened out there? Um, <clears throat> I was on my way to uh, change my tires. Uh, I had bald tires. Um, at the time he's talking about right now, when I was talking, the person was talking to my hands, my fiance was there. And she goes, look, the car's coming fast on the side of you. I go, what car? I don't see no car. Look, I, I, look, my, my arm pointed this way. And I was talking to my fiance while looking at my what right rear view mirror. The, the mirror where she was, I was like, what, right there? And all of a sudden he comes by. And then, I mean, right now it was snowing that day. And there was cars on the side of the road, just off street parking. There was, there was, if he was doing, if he was trying to pass me, he should have been passing me on the left, not the right. Okay, but why was your car stopped? He says your car was stopped. Did you stop at any point? We st- were you nervous about the was, snow and your tires were bald? Like, why do you keep telling me about your bald tires? Like, because I was supposed to have my hazards on. I was supposed to have my hazards on, but I didn't have my hazards on. I was on my way to change my tires. That's where I was. I was not stopped. I did not stop until he pulled over and I pulled over and he jumped out of the car. Okay. You're supposed to have your I'm hazards sorry. on. Why? Because your tires are bald? Because uh, of the bald, yeah. And that's what I figured. That's the only thing I did wrong. That's what I told the insurance company. Insurance company said that there's he, he did wrong. He wasn't even that's no passing lane. Well, why are you passing him on I, the right? You're a driver, Mr. Henderson. You know that you can't pass him on the right. Why are you passing him on the right? He had actually stopped and I went around. You him. can't when pass the guy on the right. You know that. You can't pass him on the right. Witness what happened. He went forward. And him going and you this talk of you ran me off the road. Not even your complaint says that. You have never said the phrase ran me off the road. You're in a hurry. You're passing him on the right. Damage happens. You leave. Okay? You don't stay there. You don't tell you leave. Then you come back to where he lives because you saw where he had pulled out of. And then 
you call his, he gets you his insurance information. He's like, you know, passive about it. You call the insurance company. The insurance company tells you what? They told me they'll pay me 10%. Ooh, you action. should have taken what was behind door number one. Because you see this? This is what we call door number two. Right. And I just have to decide who's at fault here. And I'm not trying to save time like the insurance company was and just settle something. I'm actually trying to figure out who's at fault. You are the moving vehicle. Do you understand that you're moving? And then all he moved, you're trying to do this bold move because you're in a hurry. And all he did was go forward. So apparently your guesstimate of what he was going to do when you saw a brake light, if in fact you did, was nuts because it turned out to be wrong. Whose fault is this? It's your fault, and my verdict in this case is for the defendant. So what are you thinking, Mr. Henderson? The judge says you're at fault. You shouldn't have passed on the right. How about that? Correct. I wasn't aware of that. Well, like I said, he was stopped, and I tried to go around him. So if she says I was wrong, I was wrong. So I'll accept that. Okay, good enough. All right, Mr. Figueroa, uh, what's your reaction to this lawsuit? You worried about losing $1,000 or not? Um, Not really so much. I know it wasn't my fault. I know I wasn't stopped. I was residential street. I was following all regulations for traffic, doing what I had to do. So yeah, I'm just glad it turned out pretty, gra- pretty right. better for me. Okay, very good. Congratulations. You prevail. Thank you, sir. All right, Harvey. I think everybody learned a lesson here, maybe. Doug, this is a pretty common problem. You've got a situation uh, where somebody wants to change lanes. When you do that, it's your responsibility to make sure you can do it safely without causing any kind of collision. If there is a collision as a result of you changing lanes, it is almost impossible for you to win a case like that because it's your job to make sure that it's done with enough space in between the cars that it doesn't cause a collision. Who do I contact about a slumlord? I live in Washington State, and my landlord will not take care of anything around here unless you threaten him with the tenant-landlord law. I'm not the only one who's having issues with him. I live in a seven-unit building that is literally falling apart. Who do I contact? Thank you very much. I watch your show whenever I can. When tenants are having serious problems like this with landlords, and this tenant calls the landlord a slumlord and says nothing's getting fixed, it's falling apart, they have remedies, and they can contact a building department, a local building department, a, a, a local health department. If there's violations. actual violations of right. the health code or the building code. And there are other remedies that they have, but they come with some caveats because there's this dynamic between landlord and tenant, a, a shared power, etc., in between. And neither party, neither end of that should want to foul up and just and just ruin that relationship if they can avoid it. I mean, you can, in Washington State, they're it's all governed by statute like it is in, for, in every state. And their statutes require you to give written notice to your landlord about repairs that you're asking to be done. The landlord has to do those repairs within a reasonable time. It's not specified. Uh, and you're supposed to be current on your rent before you start saying, well, I'm going to withhold, I'm withholding right, rent. Because or then I'm it'll not. look like you're just making up stuff because exactly. you don't want to pay rent. So right. you want to have a written record of all of this stuff. And in particular, if you're in a seven unit building where everybody's having a problem, the thing to do is to you know, document the request and then wait a reasonable amount of time. And then if it's not done, then the seven of you get together and get it done. So if everyone else is on record making the request and everyone shares in the repair, everyone can can keep their share out of it. Maybe they will all band together. This happens to be a seven unit uh, building that this uh, 
this viewer asked about. So yeah. if all of them came together, uh, that's a pretty powerful message. Yes.